VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Welcome to the Get In Podcast, presented by 4th and Dude, brought to you by EagleInsider.com and the Armchair Media Network, Season 5, NC State Week. With the heartbreaker and Death Valley officially in the rearview mirror, the Eags look to get back in the wind column against the dangerous NC State squad. On today's episode, we'll revisit lessons learned from the Clemson game, reevaluate our national championship expectations, and preview the massive showdown against the Wolfpack on Saturday night in Chestnut Hill. Matt, five games in, sitting at 4-1. and one. It feels like it really should be sitting at 5-0, and oh, but despite the depression we've been in for the past 10 days, I'm still feeling really, really good about what's ahead for Halfway and the boys. Short episode and, lo- and lots to get to tonight, but before we dive in, a quick word from our friends in the Spotify Green Room. Spotify Green Room is a live audio-only sports talk platform, free to download and use. Talk to other fans, athletes, insiders, your favorite podcast hosts, all in real time. Perfect for watch parties, debates, post-game breakdowns, reacting to breaking news. It's like your own in-person message board. All you need to do is download the Spotify Green Room app, free in the iOS app store. Create a profile, link your Twitter, and show up to the Spotify green room with your spiciest takes. Matt, I'll be honest, I'm still not quite emotionally ready to revisit Clemson, so I don't want to spend a ton of time here. But let me just say, like, we were the better team, period. And that's why this loss was so painful. But at the same time, I now have full confidence that we can handle every team left on our schedule. And, and you know, really, the ACC is still fully ours for the taking. Listen, football comes down to, you know, four or five plays you know, per game. That's really what, what separates winning and losing. Unfortunately, you know, there was a lot of bright spots, a lot of good things that happened on Saturday, you know, last Saturday. But at the end of the day, you, you have to make those winning plays at the end of ball games, especially against teams like Clemson. I, I might have a, a quick disagreement that we were the better team. I don't know that we necessarily, I think we, we sort of got outplayed a little bit. Certainly if you look at, you know, total yards, we were lucky to be in the game. You know, by the time the fourth quarter rolled around, fortunately, our, our red zone defense was great. But it would have been one of those, you know, signature wins of the Halfley era. And uh, I don't know, I think we're one, one year away until Halfley gets his big W against Clemson. I'm pretty sure next year we're going to get him. Yeah, at home would have been nice there. I mean, you know, again, at the end of the day, like I think everyone did enough to win. Um, you know, if you look at the anatomy of an upset, like that fourth down stop on the first drive, you get the punt block, you get a couple other like big plays. You know, things were going our way. And that touchdown drive at the start of the second half, you know, looked so easy. It was like we had halftime adjustments and we're ready to roll. And then you look at just too many mistakes, a couple interceptions, a couple bad throws here and there. And, and, you know, obviously the fumbled snap is just a, you know, really a, a painful way to lose it. Like I was saying after the game, you know, that loss is going to hurt no matter what. But, you know, if we go down there and it was a really nice drive to get down in that position, Denny did amazing. And, you know, if we go four and out and, and you know, we throw a couple balls out of the end zone or, or you know, they make a play to stop it. You know, it still sucks, but you can live with it. The way this one went down just really felt like, again, everything was lining up for this to finally be our, you know, breakthrough top 25 win, uh, you know, our breakthrough Clemson win, and for it to disappear in, in literally the matter of, of half a second. 
really, really tough to get over. Like I said, we're sitting here 10 days later and it's, you know, frankly, not, uh, not all that easier. We were a different team in the second half. I think that's one of the biggest positives to take away from Clemson is halftime. Halfley is officially back. Um, I don't know what happened to put the, the, you know, the flip switch and all of a sudden, you know, guys were getting separation. It seemed like the roots were a little more manageable, both for the quarterback and for the receivers. The tempo was just a, a little more, uh, I think it was, it kind of kept everyone in the game, you know, going a little bit faster in the second half. And yeah, to your point, I mean, that last drive of the game, and there was a couple of drives like that in the second half where they were just dealing and guys were wide open and they were 20 yard gains. And, and, you know, it was almost, it was almost too easy. And there was no doubt in, our, in all of our minds um, that we were going to score uh, obviously with that, with that minute to go from the 12 yard line. So obviously sucks. I think that, you know, if you really want to focus in on the fumble itself, I mean, I think it was just a result of, like you said, it was a road game. It's, we played Clemson on the road three straight it's the years. First time we've had that's the first time we've had a loud, exactly. a, a basically loud road crowd in two years, right? It, and and first under half. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's and you can only simulate so much in practice. And you know, you, you saw it was it was a few times, right, that the snaps were going. And I don't know how that, like, I don't know how you fix that. Whether you do, you know, the silent count and you have the guy, the guard tap the center and then he snaps the ball. I don't know. I mean, but there has to be a way, and that's. Unfortunately, it sucks when wins and losses come down to stupid stuff like that. But yeah, we played well enough to, to stay in the ball game. Um, I thought our offense did did pretty good, all things considered. I know Denny's catching a little bit of flack for missing some of the deep balls, but guys, this is Clemson. This is a really, really good defense. It's still a top five defense. I know they were banged up up front, but these are these are five star athletes we're playing against. And for us to put up, and it was only thirteen points. We played we played much better than that, right? And um, certainly if you, if you hit on those deep, deep balls to Zay, if you maybe get one of those interceptions back, maybe it's a different ball game. But the kid threw for 311 yards. That's pretty good. Uh, I, I was on a different podcast, no big deal, a couple days ago where I, I gave this stat. <laughs> Matt, get this. In the last – I don't have it in front of me now, but in the last three years, something like that, only four quarterbacks have thrown for 300 yards against Clemson. Justin Fields, that nerd Ian Book – Joe Burrow and Denny Grissel. So it's good. Company. I don't care. That's, I mean, that's, that's a really good, uh, you know, list to be on. It's still Clemson. Frankly, if, if I'm going to assess blame, I, I had a bigger bone to pick with our defense than anything. I mean, Clemson has been inept all year at, at, you know, matriculating the ball down the field and, you know, they, they racked up nearly 500 yards of offense. Fortunately, you know, we, we, we clamped down in the red zone and we were able to hold them to four field goals and just that one touchdown. But um, our D I expect a little bit better from our defense, frankly, because that's not a good, you know, Clemson team hasn't shown much offense to date. So I think a lot of people are, are pointing the finger at one specific person. Predictably, I'm the, I'm the one that's going to say, you know, we lost that as a team. There's plenty of blame to go around. It's not just one play at the end of the game, you know, on a, on a fumble that is, could have been anyone's fault. Yeah, a couple takeaways for me. First is just that Clemson is, is not a good football team this year. And, you know, when we talk about what the, this ACC race is going to look like, obviously they already have one conference loss to NC State. I, I don't see a world. I mean, I, I know everyone's saying they're just going to run the table the rest of the way. Like, it's not going to shock me at all. And if anything, I, I might, you know, bet on the fact that they will lose another game. They'll end at two losses. But, I mean, look, mathematically, even if we now win out, we beat NC State this weekend. Uh, we, you know, obviously that implies we beat Wake Forest at the end of it. So we finish with one loss. NC State will have at least the one loss to us. Wake Forest will have at least the one loss to us. This is going to be a bit of like a coastal chaos here. And I think that, you know, that gives me a lot of optimism that, that you know, we're actually going to be playing meaningful football games. And I, and I mean meaningful, not just are we going to get to bowl eligibility uh, in November, which is going to be a great change. 
just on that on that on that point, real quick, just while you're talking about that, and we talked last week about like it's like a, a playoff race, like, and you're checking the standings, you're checking right. the scores. Right. Like, how fun is that? We haven't had that in, in a decade. And no, and, right? Like you finally have an opponent that's down in Clemson, and you have that opportunity. And here's the here's the game to watch. Certainly, when everyone plays Wake Forest, because Wake Forest is currently in the driver's seat, they haven't really played much uh, competition to date. They barely beat Syracuse last week. I wouldn't say yeah. I'm scared of Wake yet, but everyone has to play Wake. When I say everyone, I mean us, Clemson, NC State, right? Clemson's crossover, one of their crossovers this year is Pitt, who's actually a pretty darn good football Pitt's team. Pitt's good. Pitt's so good. So ten twenty three, that's a that's a date to circle on your calendar. Clemson at Pitt, I think that could be a potential loss. And then NC State, we take care of business against, against NC State, and then we run the table. You know how how hard can that yeah, be? Yeah, we control our yeah, and we're in, right, and we're right, we're right, C champs. Right. So. Yeah, no, I hear you. Look, it's it's at least exciting, and and I think that's you know the downside really of the last decade in this in this uh, conference has been a dominant Florida State followed by a dominant Clemson. So there really hasn't been a chance for anyone who is not a national title title contender to you know compete for an ACC at least on our side of the uh, on our side of the conference. So nice change there. I'm a little higher on the defense than you are. You know, again, talent wise, like there is such a mismatch there, and I, and I it's not an excuse because. Clemson has been completely inept to your point all year, and, and the yardage there was, you know, pretty significant. But at the end of the day, I think with the talent that we have, I think the schemes were in place, you know, to be built that way to you know, give up field goals when they got in the red zone. So overall, you know, I was okay with that. I think they, you know, did enough to keep us in the game. My biggest takeaway from this, Matt, was was the game plan, and I'm not necessarily going to criticize the game plan. I know that was kind of a hot button issue uh, immediately after the game. My bigger takeaway is is how we need to be using this game plan for the rest of the year on offense. The deep throws, and you mentioned that he missed a couple, and and, and you know Zay has huge separation every time he leaves a line of scrimmage. Like that's just not in Denny's repertoire, and and that's okay. I think we need to be okay with that. That he's not going to be hitting the 40 yard bombs that Jerko hit with ease. We play a different style with this quarterback, and I think we kind of need to lean into it. Play action passes. We have an excellent, two excellent tight ends, excellent wide receivers. Keep them in that you know ten to twenty range, and that worked. That was the fourth down drive. That was you know partially the the, the touchdown drive we had as well. So, you know, it's almost like you, uh, what we're seeing with Mac Jones on the Patriots. Like, let's water this thing down a little bit, a little bit more of a simplified offense, which is beat them with big bodies. We, we have that ability, and it clearly works. It just feels like we get you know. We, we just get over eager with the fact that we have Zay Flowers, who's going to be open 50 yards downfield every play. But like, that's not the game plan that we need to take. And if we just kind of stick to these drives that we've seen now work, like our offense is still going to be excellent. It's not, it's going to be different than what we expected coming in, but it's still going to be a very, very good offense. I know he hasn't this season. He hasn't, I, he I, hasn't time and time I, again, three years in now. No, he hit him a bunch last year, Matt. He, he hit UVA a couple he, times, and we don't need to go back to UVA. He's just got to channel the UVA game. And also, yeah. in, in you know, the, the Syracuse game and the NC State game in 2019, like, I know his whole catalog, Matt. So I, I can picture the, you know, the five or six throws that he made. The Notre Dame throw back in 2019 when we were a garbage football team, and uh, we got smoked by Notre Dame, but he hit, I think it was Kobe in the end zone. Uh, that was a hell of a throw. So, listen, I know they're isolated instances, but it's also, I mean, it's not like his, his – uh, passing percentage sucks like his QBR is okay like he's he's playing no because again the game plan is tailored to these shorter throws sure. as it should be it's just like every now and then we throw these in and that's when the mistakes whether you happen. hit him or not like it, it does keep the defense honest and it sets up the sort of medium routes if you say hey I'm gonna go deep one every 10 plays type of thing so um, I don't want to throw that away completely and in fact Halfley said explicitly today hey that's a big part of our offense and we're not we're not going to shy away from it 
which now makes me think that he's not going to do it anymore if he's if he's staying that out loud. But <laughs> my, I think the bigger issue to me is when Denny feels like he has to force things when the run game isn't working. And and we we gained what? It was a net of 46 rushing yards uh, against Clemson. Mm-hmm. I think that's the biggest biggest issue. 1.4 yards per carry. Like that's not going to get it done. And it puts an unfair amount of pressure on Dennis to tr- sort of manufacture chances out of thin air. Um, I, I do think, you know, to your point, yeah, if we could hit those 15 yarders to Trey Barry every single time, we would. But I think you have to, like, there's a little more science to it, I think. And I don't really understand it. I've never coached. But you sort of have to get in rhythm, keep the defense guessing. You can't just throw those every time type of thing. But I think all this. Yeah, you've played Madden, though. You've played Madden. You, you, you get it. So I, I will appreciate your, your sentiment there. Let's just say all this goes away. And you're right, I have. And I dominate. That was kind of our, our quarterback slash coach for Intramural. At least I like to think so. Yeah. Which didn't. Oh, and 15, by the way. Could have sworn we won a game. Maybe not. <laughs> all this goes away if we can establish, you know, a, a threat in the run game. And then those medium routes are yeah. there. And we have single coverage. And that's all Denny needs. If he can get single coverage on those 12 yard out routes, like that's it. That's it. And then we, we sustain those seven minute drives, right? And that's, yeah. that's all. I mean, that's that's really what it comes down to. So um, I don't know what happened against Clemson. Obviously, they have a great defensive front regardless of injuries. So the fact they were to stop our run game, I think, had more of a bearing on the game than those couple of missed, you know, long passes that um, sure would have been great to have. But even Phil doesn't hit those every single time either. Right. So, um, you know, I'm sure they used the bye week to work on those. And um, I, I did get the sense that Zay was getting a little bit frustrated. Right. I mean, I'm sure it must be frustrating to you know, do your job on, on plays like that, get the five yards of separation and then just be overthrown. So I get yeah. that. And I totally get what you guys are saying, you and the rest of the BC universe. But Denny also did a lot of good things on Saturday. I hate that he's being vilified for that fumble because uh, he, he's our guy. We need him. And he's going to have to step up big time on Saturday. No, no one else is coming in. No one else is playing that quarterback position. Everyone, right. no, no, no. Everyone and, shut and, up about sure Dalen Menard. Okay, I'm sure he's a great kid. Shut up about Dalen Menard. Yeah, I mean, I 100% agree with that. We are in no way, shape, or form even near the discussion of Denny's not the right guy or the best guy to lead this team forward right now. And and I think that you know we've seen that time and again. But again. This team played well enough to win on Saturday, last Saturday. That's the bottom line for me. And while it is incredibly frustrating and, and, and you know, you and I are both very anti-moral victories, as I know Halfley is, there are still some things that we can take away from that to be very positive about, you know, the rest of this season and our ability to capture the ACC, our ability to go, you know, 11-1 and one or, you know, to a New Year's Six Bowl, whatever it is. Like, our goals are still very, very attainable. National championship – like, no, frankly, that's out the window. But to be completely honest, in this ACC, with how bad the conference is, we could go on, you know, 13 and 0 with the ACC championship. And that still might not have been enough. Like, that's just the way the bias is against BC and how bad the ACC is this year. So, you know, is what it is. And, and you know, is it, it, the ability for us to still go out and win a conference in, in Halfley's second year is, you know, a massive feat. Um, and I'm sure we're still huge Vegas underdogs on that. But Based on what we've seen five games in, like I still, and I, I mean this with no hyperbole, like I feel very confident in our ability to do that. So no, that's a good point. A lot of positives and, and you know, we'll see what happens. And a lot of the issues we saw were a result of a raucous away environment, right? Mm-hmm. When you talk about the turnovers, right? If you had told us coming in that we we're going to lose the turnover battle, was it three nothing, right? We had two picks yep. and, uh, and that fumble. Yeah, if you, I mean, it, yeah, I mean, you could count the, the fourth down stop and the, uh, and the block punt, if you oh, will, but yeah, in yeah. general, it was, you know, yeah. Uh, but if you told us that at the beginning and we still had 
the ball on the 12 yard line with a, with a chance to win the ball game at Clemson. Mm-hmm. We'd all be thrilled with that. The penalties, I, I guess I'll chalk that up to again, you know, a very loud environment that we weren't prepared for and it's tough to prepare for until you're in it. So, you know, I guess my point being that they did enough to win a ball game against, you know, a historically good opponent. So that's all great. But from a strategic standpoint, you know, hopefully there's not that much to fix. You know, we got a couple games at home coming up that are, you know, big time ball games. And, uh, you know, if we don't have to deal with that variable, you know, like our squad a lot better. We played great at home so far, right? We smoked smoked Colgate and then played well enough against Missouri to come out of there with a W. So, uh, you know, I think to your point of it's been two years since they've seen an environment like that. I think that's that's important. We'll get into the keys of the game to the NC State, but we got to be loud on Saturday. Anyone listening, if you're a student, if you're under the age of 40 and you don't you don't have a, you have a voice the next day after Saturday's game, like that's I mean, we, we you got to be loud. Because uh, it has an impact this year. Yeah, well, I, I completely. Again, I, I think I think teams are not necessarily used to these uh, potentially loud environments. The, the the acoustics of alumni are really built to get loud for for whatever reason. Sure. So let's use that to our advantage, Matt. I'm ready to put Clemson in the in the rearview mirror yep. and, and and fast forward to when we see them next year. If that's uh, if that's cool with you, let's do it. All right. Do you want to do a special edition? There was some uh, some chitter chatter. There's some litigation in the BC world. Do you want to put that in the courtroom, Matt? Or do you uh, should we run that by our chief legal officer? Yeah, let's let let's let's move into the courtroom. Let's be very careful about this because you and I are certainly not lawyers. There is ongoing litigation, and you know I, I I read the story briefly, but you know did not really get into all the facts. So I'm going to tiptoe around this as much as possible, and and maybe we phone our lawyer just to make sure you know we're not we're not saying anything that's going to get BC in trouble. But do you want to go ahead and give a quick uh, recap of the height story that broke this morning? I, are we really going to talk about this? Yeah, let's do it. Why not? Uh, uh, yeah, so there was uh, uh, the previous women's soccer coach, I believe, and now I'm paraphrasing. I read the story like 12 hours ago, but she's now Allison suing. Foley. Allison Foley is suing the university for gender discrimination, telephone legal wiretapping, wiretapping, legal wiretapping. That's right. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Telephone, telephone fraud. Yeah, I mean, I guess that's like a way to describe it. But that's, <laughs> I was thinking uh, wire fraud, but it was really wiretapping. Yeah. No, you're right. Yeah, you know, like, as, a, as a fraud guy, I should really know my frauds. Yeah, it's tough. That's tough. Uh, so I don't know. I guess she was really tough to work with, uh, but she was, you know, very highly effective as a coach, and they won a lot of ball games. I guess her and Marty J or Martin, don't call him Marty, uh, Martin Jarman did yep. not get along. She kept getting these one-year deals when she thought she deserved multi-year contracts. I, I don't know. I, I don't want any. I don't want to give a take on anything like this. That's going to get us in trouble. But you know, corporate America. This happens all the time with employees that separate from. From companies, right? So uh, there's two sides to every story. I'm sure that uh, it'll come out. It just sucks that it's just kind of a, a black eye on the administration at this point because uh, names names were named uh, in the story. It, it had Marty uh, dropping an f bomb at one point in the in the Heights, which yeah. I didn't think you could even do in the in the BC Heights article. You couldn't do that when I was there. They're just getting really getting really sloppy with the yeah. publication. Well, you wrote for the what did you write for the Gavel or the New England? No, Classic? the Observer. So, yeah. Okay. Well, that was a great set. It was for Sorry. me, it was like it, once, a, once a month, you publish a newspaper article. If you don't send it in, it's okay. Like, no big deal. The Heights is intense. Heights is like, that's your full time <laughs> job. Um, but anyway, so yeah, yeah. I, I have no other takes. It is what it is. Um, but we figured we have this half lease cor- corpus segment. So, why not break into the courtroom and see what happens? Yeah, this is the first time we've actually discussed a real legal case, which is, uh, which is interesting. Normally, we're more tort guys, yeah. but. Uh, now we're discussing legitimate litigation. It sounds like you yeah, I mean, again, take. Let's hear your hot take on the situation. No, I don't. I mean, I'm going to say again, no real comment, and and it's ongoing as per the Jason Baum news release uh, in the Heights. But you know what I'll say again? I, I think that there's friction in any sport 
when a new and, and you know any job really when a new you know boss comes in right when you get a new athletic director and you've been you know comfortable with with um, you know the prior administration for the past twenty two years like it's natural that there's friction there I think any coach you know should be looking over uh, his or her shoulder when a new um, AD comes into the picture you know it, it, the 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 Martin Jarman quote though of basically saying you know. I don't really care about culture. I just want to win. I'm, I'm very loosely paraphrasing there and getting rid of some bad words that he said, which I didn't know Martin had in him, but like the fire, but you know, at the end of the day, like I can't fault him for that approach. Right. And, and again, we have no, I read the story and that's all we know, but the idea being like, you know, think about last year when, when we finally fired Christian, if we didn't fire Christian, you know, we all know he's a great guy and we knew that he was kind of building his team the right way, had high character. Are you still defending like, Jim Christian? Just on, just no, I'm not. I'm saying like if we didn't fire him because, you know, we said and the, and the excuse the craft gave was like, oh, he's a great guy. He's building a good character or a good culture. Like we as fans would be livid. And at the end of the day, the athletic director's job is to put winning teams on the field. So, you know, I'm not, again, with the information we have right now, and I'm really just basing it off that one quote, because I didn't really read the article in full detail, but, you know, I don't view this as any sort of culture problem or, or anything. And the other thing too, Matt, important is that, you know, this is now a, a past administration, right? There's no, you know, this doesn't even really go up to like the board of trustees level, right? This is, this is our former athletic director who, you know, was, was you know, widely loved and, and for good reason, but, you know, I don't really view this as a as any stain on on you know anything that we currently have going on, and it's something that the the lawyers will address, and and you know that's that. Yeah, agree. And the new coach sucks, right? The new coach that was hired, like, they've won like oh, two that, games. I mean, that's that is the wild card. He is absolutely again. I, I I don't follow any of the soccer's men's or women's, but per the heights, right? He's won like two conference games in the last three <laughs> years. Like that's that's hard to do. I thought we were a good soccer school, but yeah. So that certainly doesn't help the case. But yeah, again, I think I think. We, we leave it at that. We don't have enough information. Uh, maybe there'll be a, a, a documentary someday. It'll be good. One other enjoyable excerpt from the article was, so the recorded phone call, I guess she was allegedly drunk, although she denies it and said she maybe had a glass of wine. I just, I find that to be a humorous situation. I don't know why the, the student was recording her. And as you know, Massachusetts, I think you need permission to record, which she did not get, hence the lawsuit. But that's just kind of a funny wrinkle that, uh, I don't know. I have I have nothing else to say on this either, man. But yeah. hey, glad we covered it. I thought that was good. Thought that was uh, people were asking us to to say a few words about it. Yep. So you're welcome, Matt. While we have you in Happily's Corpus, <laughs> please. I mean, I guess you want to talk quickly about ACC. We kind of already did it, but uh, I guess here's this one. The one question is: Do you believe the hype with with Wake Forest fraud, fraud or not? Look, you know they're not Enron, they're not Tyco, they're not Under Armour, but they're not running a business the most, you know, ethically honest way either. I'll say that, right? Like, I think there is some, not, not, I don't want to say fraudulent behavior, mm-hmm. but there's just, an inflated just, stock just price. aggressive rev you know, policies. Correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Nothing that would really, you know, put, put uh, not Dave Doran, Dave Clausen yeah. in jail. It's probably the first time Dave Clausen has been accused of anything negative <laughs> his entire life. Yeah, no, no white collar crime going on here, but I have some doubts. I have some concerns. Now, I will say Syracuse, I think, is a better team than, than we're giving credit for. And, and you know, that was like the hot pick on, on game day. I think like two of them picked uh, Cuse to beat Wake as their upset special of the day, which shocked me. And they, and they kept it very close and, and you know, took it to overtime, had obviously a great chance to win that game. So, you know, Clemson or uh, Cuse is a little better than, than we initially thought and were initially giving credit for. But I, you know, I don't know, man. I, I, again, Wake really hasn't played, they played too much nobody. yet. They played like 
their best win, I guess, was UVA, but everyone thought UVA was good then. They played nobody. And, and even preseason, the, just the way the, set, the schedule lines up for Wake, everyone was saying these guys are going to be 8 no, just because, just by virtue of not playing anyone. Um, and that yep. has, has yeah. been the case. But they've like, they've barely, like, they've struggled to get here. They barely beat Louisville. They barely beat Syracuse, you know, in overtime, right? Um, they played Norfolk State and Old Dominion and teams like that, right? So yeah. uh, Florida State was thrown in there. Here's the other thing, though. They also don't play anyone until <laughs> NC State, until NC State, November thirteenth, yeah. Clemson, November twentieth, yeah. and then us, November twenty seventh. Talk about that for right. a murderer's row. So yeah, they tough. could very well go from nine and zero to nine and three. So, sure. um, you know, I guess we'll see what happens with that. I just I don't believe the hype. I don't think they're the sixteenth best team in the country. But right now they're the front runners, so I guess we have to uh, t- to keep that in mind. But shape it up to be a very, very interesting ACC for the first time in, in quite some time. Uh, it's fun, it's fun to be in the mix. Yeah, completely. And, and I think I think Wake is getting somewhat of a bump from, you know, they're a likable team. It's a likable head coach. They're a program that is, you know, in a you know relatively football rich area, right, North Carolina, but has historically not been good. So like, it's a school that people get excited about when they're doing well in the national media. It's almost the same as like if Vanderbilt, you know, had some you know five and zero start, right? Like people are getting behind it a little bit. Um, I think that is playing a part, but you know, again, they really haven't haven't run into much trouble yet. But I do think at the end of the day, it is going to be us, Clemson, NC State, Wake Forest, and it wouldn't surprise me if you know there's a four way tie. It wouldn't surprise me if or that I don't know if that's mathematically possible. It probably is. If everyone, everyone can lose one game, right? Uh, technically. Because we beat NC State. Yeah. We can't lose again. We'd beat Wake Forest. And then, and uh, no, someone would need to have two losses, either NC State or Wake or Clemson, because they still have to play each right. other. I trust that you, you did the Whatever, right? It's not going to surprise me if there's, yeah, it's not going to, math guy, it's not going to surprise me if, you know, there, there's a log jam at the top with a bunch of one and two loss teams. And, and you know, I think, Certainly, I expect us to be one of them. So we'll see. I will say the computers right now love Pitt. Um, read some article the other day. I think it was CBS. But they were basically doing like a, BC, uh, a BCS you know, style projection on you know, what the Final Four could look mm-hmm. like. And you know, the computers are basically saying like a one-loss Pitt is, you know, assuming they were to run the table and win the ACC, like that's still in the discussion for college football playoff, which is insane to me. I just don't believe a coastal team can pull that off. But <laughs> it's one of those you years. Know, that is... It's one of those. You were years. joking about it's it. A weird you were year, joking right? about it. Like even if we went undefeated in the ACC, like the ACC is so bad. But you look at the rest of college football. Like the yeah. Big Four is not the Big Four this year. Even Alabama just went down last week. Yep. Ohio State's not Ohio State. Clemson's certainly not Clemson. Oklahoma, if they put this new quarterback in, has a chance to be Oklahoma again. But like, it seems like everyone has an additional one to two losses. You know upcoming yeah. this year so i don't know i mean i, I think we, we're all begging for more parity we're sick of seeing the, the same four teams in the college football playoff i know i am so maybe we're uh we're starting to get our chance here maybe there's a shift and there's some the chance for some new teams to emerge like a boston college like uh like a boston college like a boston college is right so yeah just leave yeah. it at that don't don't listen to the other teams there it's us this is our that's year that's right that's right cool all right i got nothing else on my agenda uh I, I lost I, – I was really hoping Virginia Tech would pull off that win against Notre Dame. I don't even want to talk about it. Um, cost me a, a massive amount of money. I had a 16 parlay going, and Virginia, all Virginia Tech had to do was cover. And they went up by eight with a couple minutes to go, and they blew it. So I don't even want to talk about that. Uh, I don't blame you. You you may have jinxed that one. You tweeted I with five minutes to go. You're like, what a what a day for strength so, schedule. UMass wins. Someone else wins. Votek beats Notre Dame. Not an accountant. I was very confused if you were in yep. like a different like time zone or what or what was going on. Not there. that I'm an accountant, but 
I had thought that they took the lead by nine. So I thought it was a two possession gotcha. game. The math was wrong. Um, and by then it was like, what am I going to do? Delete the tweet. I just, you no, know, you got to just leave it up. So. Yeah. No, I hear you, man. <laughs> All right. You ready to talk NC state? Yeah, let's do it. Let's get out of this courtroom. Cool. That was, uh, that was, that was, that was new ground for <laughs> that was us. kind of fun though. This is, this is an agenda free Wednesday. You guys are welcome for us jamming this episode in. It's been a crazy week, but we, uh, we wanted to get on yep. the mic. By the way, we're heading up, which we'll probably talk about that shortly, but we'll talk about yeah, this. Yeah. We'll All talk right. About this. Uh, do you have an ad read or what do, what do you want to do next? Uh, no, let's just get right into it. Look, I mean, I'll say this, I'll, I'll caveat the next, you know, however long this goes, 15 minutes with like, it's not surprising, but I'm at the point of the year where I'm going much more off of feel and the eye test than like stats or analytics or research, which like goes totally against my mathematical nature. People forget I'm a math major, bachelor of science, which is the harder of the two math majors. But with that said, uh, we can dive into it, but I feel really, really good about our chances on Saturday night. Like I'm getting a, you know, Miami a couple of years ago, Florida state, you know, the year before that, those are the types of feel I'm getting for this night game at alumni on Saturday. It's an interesting matchup. It really is. I mean, if you look at their strengths and our strengths and our weaknesses and their weaknesses, they're a lot alike. We both have a lot of playmakers on the offensive side of the football. We have sort of an unproven quarterback, but weapons all around and both in the run game and the pass game. Um, our line's a little bit better than theirs, uh, but on the flip side, you know, their defense seems to be a little bit better than ours, at least up front, but then their secondary sucks. So, you know, it seems like both of these teams are flawed and it's just going to come down to certainly coaching, right? Who utilized the bye week better? Stevie Adazio, love him or hate him. I know most of you guys hate him. He was electric coming off of buys. You can't, even you can't deny that. Yeah, I, yeah, he was. I, and I, I mean, he was electric because there was like three wild trick plays that he yes. pulled out, you know, over the two weeks. But that's about yeah. It. But they always hit, and we just had yeah. most of our big wins came off by. So I don't know, you know, if he just you know tried hard. After, I, I don't know what it was, but I don't think we've seen Halfley coming off a bye. I don't know, but you know, a lot of a lot of teams get concerned about the Clemson hangover, and I'm hoping with the bye week jammed in between the Clemson loss, that's not a factor. I don't think it will be. I think the night game sort of mitigates any type of, you know, rust or any type of sleepwalking through the first quarter type of thing. People are going to be jacked up to play, especially, you know, on the defensive side of the football. People people have been, you know, on the sidelines for a couple of weeks. They're going to want to hit, hit the opponent. Everyone knows it's a massive game. And, uh, you know, it's, it's kind of the rare instance where we play. We haven't played a, a game like this against a peer opponent that has this type of implications just because of Clemson since, I don't know, a decade. Like, it's been a really long time yeah. since a game has mattered this much. Yeah, it's it's interesting, right? Because, you know, we are at this this type of season where if things continue to progress the way in which we expect them to progress, like, you can make an argument that every game is the biggest game of the year. But this one, I think, clearly is. If you're looking again, like I said, at those four teams that I could really see being at the top of the – at the Atlantic at the end of this – Clearly, NC State is one of those. That goes that goes without saying. So this one is absolutely massive. Um, Halfley is one and zero off a of bye. He beat Louisville uh, thirty four to twenty seven. I don't oh, remember right. much about that game. Yeah, but that was post the Notre so Dame. After game Notre Dame in November, that's right. And then Louisville was Thanksgiving week. Thanksgiving weekend, if I recall. Thanksgiving. Yeah, I don't really remember much about that game. Uh, thirty four twenty seven. That was Louisville. Was that terrible. was the Denny game. And that was the Denny scampering. I think he had 3,000 yards rushing that game. I think he might have caught a pass. I think Denny might have caught a pass. Might have been a little trick play. I was going to save this for my keys to the game. But, Matt, yeah. we have not done a, a trick play all season long. It has been the most vanilla. What's like? We haven't come close to doing a trick play. 
We did an Xavier yeah. Coleman's, uh, you know, jet sweep at one point. I think that was the closest we've come to try and do a trick play. I think we're going to like literally 90% of the plays, I think might be trick plays on Saturday. Something to watch for. I guarantee. And if there's a bookie out there that will take this bet, I guarantee you that we will score a touchdown on a flea flicker or some type of like CJ Lewis pass to Grossell or something like that. I guarantee it. And we're going to be there Saturday. And I'm going to tell you, I told you so as soon as it happens. So do you, do you think we're running just the, like, do you think the, the playbook is just being basically shipped up? I forget my Massachusetts highways. I haven't lived there in a little while, but basically the, the being shipped pike. between Chestnut Hill and no, the mass pike goes east to west. I'm basically saying uh, 90, uh, like I don't know, 495, whatever. I'm saying from Chestnut Hill to well, it'd be south because we're going from Chestnut Hill to Fox. I didn't Road. know what you were talking about in my defense. Yeah, so let me get there. If you, you know, if you let me get there, you'd get it. Uh, but basically, I think it's 495 or 95 or 93. Route one, um, same, same so, uh, one of those, now. right? Yeah, <laughs> sure. Am. I think anyways, south or through it is Route one that gets you at least close to Foxborough. You should know. This. Yeah, but you, it's you like get, the, you should know it's the two, and all that. It's, it's the two rings of like there's the inner circle and one of those is 93 and then there's the outer one that connects you from Chestnut Hill to, to Foxborough. Anyways, we're getting sidetracked. Man. I think it is. I believe it is 495. Anyways, we're getting sidetracked. My point is, is that to your point, like we talked about this earlier, keeping this simple game plan of play action passes, you know, 10, 20 yard routes. It feels like the Patriots and the Eagles are kind of using like the same playbook and they should be. And if you look back to the last weekend or two weeks ago now against the Bucks, there were you know multiple trick plays and they all involved uh, I'm gonna blank on the name now, but the old NC State uh, wide receiver who was a high school quarterback throwing passes, Jacoby Myers throwing passes out of the backfield. So I think that to your point, that's gonna play a large part on, part on Saturday. And trick plays get the crowd going. Like this is gonna be a loud, energetic crowd. Halfley is a smart guy. He knows that that's gonna get us riled up. So I'm with you. I'm going to be furious. That was a long way to say. That was a long way to say. I agree with they you. They might not run like a normal play the entire game. Like they must have. Like they must be so ready to go. And like this is the game to pull it out on. I understand not trying to do it on the road when you can barely snap the ball in Clemson. But now is the time to do it. Flea flickers always work. Like when Missouri ran the flea flicker on us, that hits a hundred times out of a hundred. No, you can't stop in you college. Can't, in college, you it does. cannot. In college, you it does. In the pros, it does. Cannot stop a flea flicker. It's one of those impossible plays to defend. Until you run it twice, you only get one 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 try one try to a flea flicker, but it always works. So that's one key to the game. But that's we we kind of skipped ahead. <laughs> so anyway, let's talk about NC State quickly here. Yeah, um, please. So they got uh, some corn cob quarterback, uh, Devin Leary, who is having a decent year. He's not overwhelmingly good. Um, he was the QB in place when we beat them by like a, a billion points in 2019. Um, when they just gave up like 500 yards rushing to, to Bailey and uh, and Dylan, Devin Leary was the guy that that saw that was pretty did, couldn't do much against our defense, which wasn't great back then. By the way, quick, I'm going to interrupt you quickly because we just forgot to yep. do this. Uh, Eagles in the wild. AJ Dylan is now the best pass catching running back in the league. That's true. It just feels like Steve Adazio could have leveraged that to a couple more wins to throw the ball to our Heisman candidate running back. I'll tell you what, too, watching Sack Allen and Harold Landry just have unreal yeah. games. Like that just hurts because, and this is, yeah. a, I don't want to go another rant about our D line <laughs> here, but like, if you have a good D end, ideally you have two good D ends, like you're unstoppable. That's the only good position you need to have on defense and you're good. If you don't have good D ends, you're screwed. Like that's really what defense comes down to. And, you know, we had so many years that we didn't know how lucky we were having Harold Landry, having, you know, Zach Allen, even having guys like KPL that could get off the edge, you know, just not having that for this long now. You see just how debilitating it is for, for our defense. But anyway, it's great they're doing great in the pros. Happy for them. Uh, what was I saying? Um, 
All right. So NC State has, you were talking about Kakobi Myers. NC State has good receivers. They have uh, Amiza, Ameki Amiza, Amiza Ameki. It's one of those two. And this guy, Devin Carter, potentially is his name, as well as Thayer Thomas, who's like this Julian Edelman type guy. Three really dangerous pass catchers that, have, that can do some damage. They've made a lot of really impressive catches this season already. They also have a two-headed rushing attack, Ricky Person Jr. and Bam Knight, who uh, I don't have the stats in front of me, but uh, they've racked up a ton of yardage. Not quite as much as Garwell, but, you know, they're in, they're in the ballpark. And uh, so those guys can run. And they have a pretty good line. The line was uh, was decent last year. They returned a lot of veterans from last year. So, um, you know, offensively, they, they could put up points. And, and what they did against Clemson was sustain drives. And that's really how they won is they controlled the ball for like 42 minutes against Clemson. And, uh, you know, when they when they're clicking, that's that's a recipe for success. Right. I mean, pretty, pretty, if, you, if you're going to control the ball for 42 minutes, you're probably going to win the ball game more often than not. So. It really comes down to third down conversion. You know, if we if we can get stops early on early drives, force them into third and long, that's what this game comes down to. I'd prefer to not do the strategy of Ben, but don't break and then start trying once we get into the red zone. Seems like that kind of works, but uh, I don't know how sustainable that is or how how much that comes down to luck. So that's kind of the, the scouting report on that side of the football. Anything to add there, Matt? No, Matt, I think you nailed it. Uh, again, you mentioned that you were on another podcast and NC State podcast Tuffy this talk. week, so you're the expert Tuffy here. Talk. Tuffy Check talk. Check him out. Tuffy At talk. Tuffy Talk, I tweeted out the link. Great guys. And I'll say this about NC State. I, we don't like most NC State people. These guys were great. Um, enjoyed the time with them. Part two part two's coming out tomorrow, Matt. So uh, you, know who, you know who I liked? We're talking NC State yeah. fans. The guy who sold us his parking pass. Great guy. Uh, when we went down there two years ago. Really nice guy. Gave us a lot of good recommendations. You know what the issue but was? beyond that, I'm like 0 for 1,000 on NC State fans. That first guy, who I think his name was like Trey or something Southern like that. I think that, is Trey a Southern name? Yeah, oh yeah, big time. Yeah, when it's spelled T R E Y, I think that's a big Southern name. Okay, I'm like, thinking like Trent. I don't know. Trent feels more Southern. That's because we know a Southern Trent. Yeah. Why can't I think of any Southern names right now? You lived at Caleb. Yeah, that's a good one. Although that's a little yeah. backwoodsy. Um, that's the South, though. Yeah. Oh, All right. Um, Anyways, so, what do you got? Yeah, I was gonna say like that guy was great, and he gave us his uh, the parking pass. No questions asked. We had to pay him for it, but um, so <laughs> some questions were asked. But then, like, much, but then we, we talked, and he had the accent. And we just got in there, so spirits were high, and he set the bar a little too high, I think, as far as NC State fans go. We yeah. had, we had some that were good, like uh, our neighbors at the tailgate were fine. But then once we got into the game, we met some bad eggs, bad, some Garbage. bad bad wolf pack. Um, so that kind of tainted our view of NC State fans. But that said, if you're an Which NC makes State sense. fan, who, who else is going to hire? Who's going to hire Dave Doran? Right? Like, it makes sense. It, it makes sense. I'll tell you what: the apple doesn't fall far from uh, the tree when it comes to the coaching. Sure doesn't. Yeah. So um, if you're an NC State fan that's listening, I don't know, and you want to try to redeem yourself on behalf of the fan base, let us know. We'll be uh, we'll be tailgating. We'll, we'll get to the tailgating momentarily here, um, but don't hesitate to, to reach out if you see couple guys rocking fourth and dude apparel and koozies. So, uh, but anyway, Matt, we're, we're getting off, <laughs> off track here. Yeah, a little what bit. I want to sure do are. is talk about the football game. So let's get back to that. Uh, on the other side of the football, their defense has been not so great. Their defense, uh, their front four, while not as bad as ours, they haven't had a lot of luck getting to the quarterback. We're actually tied with them for sacks per game with seven through five games, which is bad for, for both of us. The, the issue for them is that while we have good D-backs and our D-backs can be put on islands, even if we're not getting pressure to the quarterback, I don't think NC State has that luxury. 
from what I've seen, they, they're susceptible through the air. Uh, Mississippi State, that's how Mississippi State put up some of their points was, was through the air. And, you know, we know how bad of a combination it is. You can't get pressure and you can't stay with, stay with your guy for an extended period. That's that's a recipe for, for disaster. So point being, if Danny can get cooking, this is probably the time to do it. If they're going to be playing for the run, which it sounds like based on Doran's press conference, he doesn't realize that we have a new coach and we can actually, you know, toss the football. He's playing for the run. He said that, you know, BC plays a lot of 12 personnel and they, they, you know, play in a phone booth. He was saying shit like that, which just isn't true anymore. Or hopefully it's not true under Signetti on Saturday. But, you know, I think the opportunities will be there for one-on-one downfield. And if Denny can uh, can take take advantage of that, that will certainly bode well. I, I think this is a big time get on get on get back on track game for my guy, Denny. Yeah. Yeah, that's my takeaway as well. I think that this is exactly what the doctor ordered for really every unit on offense. Um, again, you mentioned whatever it was, 1.4 yards per carry against Clemson. We should be able to dominate them up front and, and have an explosive running day like we saw against, maybe not like we saw against Missouri, but because that was the worst defense I think I've ever seen in my in my lifetime at a Power 5 opponent. But uh, we should have a very significant day on the ground. And likewise, in the, in the passing game, look, like there's going to be a lot of guys open all day. So if Denny is going to write this ship, as we hope, uh, maybe expect that he will, this is the game to do it, and this is going to really set the tone for the rest of it. Big confidence builder. Um, again, I, I have a lot of confidence. And again, like I said, you know, with Clemson, like our defense is good enough to you know win us football games. Period. Um, so even if you know NC State's a little stronger on offense, like I trust our defense to keep them out of the end zone, uh, keep them to field goals when they do get in the red zone, and and you know make a couple plays here and there to you know tilt the momentum in our favor. So you know overall, Matt, again I, I've said I've said a lot of of you know the amount of confidence I have in this game. I'm feeling really good about Saturday night. Yeah, I, I'm really and on the defensive side of the football, I, I really hope that we've utilized the bye week as well to to sort of mix up you know schematically mix up the blitz coverages. I just yeah. I don't know why we're not sent in the house every time. I know you can't do that on paper, I guess, but like that's why. Yeah, you can't do it. I know, but like I, I just I hate our, our current game plan of we're not going to get pressure and it is what it is. Like we we have to find ways, whether it's you know doing some type of stunts or, or you know getting the linebackers more involved. It just has to be a way to try to manufacture some type of pass rush. I just it's so frustrating when they you know they have all day to throw back there and you just get dink and dunked because. You know, it's literally seven seconds back there. So, um, yeah, that's something something to watch for, certainly. And then just in general, you know, I already talked about, you know, the battle of third down. We've been one of the top country, top teams in the country on third down, holding teams to just 27% conversion rate. That's seventh in the country, tied with Georgia, who is by far one of the best defenses in the country. Get this back. NC State's actually even better. They hold teams to 23% on third down. So, as is always the case in college football, third down is going to be huge. Who can win the time of possession? Who can sustain drives? I think the Missouri game plan is, is right on the money. If the run game's there, keep cranking. Um, you know, make them come up and defend you. And then Denny Pancakes, baby. This is this is his coming out game. I'm not quite saying UVA output, but the potential's there. I think they're secondary susceptible. I know Zay's, you know, just eager to get going. Hasn't had his breakout game yet. I think we could put up a heck of a lot of points on Saturday if uh, if a couple things fall our way. If we establish the run, that's all it is. And uh, you know, I thought the O line played pretty well, all things considered, against Clemson. So I think that's that's probably a key matchup to watch as well. And uh, here's my last key to the game, Matt. I already said it. Be loud. NC State's played one game on the road all season, and they really struggled. It was against Mississippi State. They could not handle the cowbells in Mississippi State. We got to do the same thing. If we're loud, we throw them off their game. 
Um, NC State was never really in that game. They went down early and uh, couldn't climb out of the hole. So uh, tell you, it's right there in front of us. We just got to take it. Matt, I think that's an excellent segue into tailgate ability. Matt, you'll like this. Cue the Sammy Adams remix because we are officially coming home. Yes. It is our first time back on the Heights in two years. This, to me, is just a massive tailgate ability score. Top 25 opponent, huge ACC implications for the first time I can remember. Night game, uh, thinking it will be a sellout or very close to it. You know, I will say, Matt, the downside, weather looks not great right now. The tailgate weather is going to be nice. It's going to be like 73 and cloudy, which is, you know, gorgeous for, for an October, what is it, 16th. Um, but right now there is the chance for some rain to creep in around kickoff, which is, you know, not really what we're looking for sitting there. Um, you know, but whatever, if it's, if it's you know, enough to change the game, Disagree. maybe I'd rather be comfortable watching the game. If we're going to win either way, but I'd rather be comfortable. Anyway, we got a better run game. We got better, we got better big men on the line. It can rain all night as far as I'm concerned. All right. Well then maybe this is going to increase your score, but Matt, this is going to be a really high score for me. 29.2. Wow. Let's yeah. go. It's it's huge. Look, I mean, yeah, we'll, we'll we'll be we'll be there, you know, whatever. Right when the gates open four hours before, we'll be bouncing around Brighton, Mod Lot, Shea. Uh, we've got a ton of get in and Denny koozies that we'll be handing out. So so come find us. The only slight downside I'll give here, other than the potential weather, is I wish the socks weren't going to be on at the exact same time as the tailgate. But it is football season. Get your priorities straight. Maybe you're lucky to be next to some like elite tailgate that has a TV and all that. But I'm incredibly excited to get back up there. Going to be a hell of a Saturday. And you heard half of Adam's press conference yesterday or today, but you know, get in early. This team deserves our energy and support for the full 60 minutes. You know, let's make it happen. Like if you're listening to this to this podcast at this point, you're clearly in like the top, you know, one percent of, of BC football fans. You're kind of the the BC football fan that I'm sure all your like friends are are looking to for insight and analysis. Spread the word. Get in early. Get your tailgates in early. Talk to you know your fellow alumni who maybe don't care as much. Get people in early. Um, that's going to be huge. Set the tone. Like you said, you know, this stadium gets really loud on a Saturday night, and, and that's going to be a massive, massive key to the game. And, and again, this team deserves it. So, um, you know, that's that's my biggest thing. And the only thing I, I want to note there, Matt, is if Jason Baum is listening, and we mentioned this on Twitter, he hasn't responded yet. I think some field passes would be nice and, and frankly deserved. I feel like we've earned that. And we're loosely affiliated with EagleInsider.com. So I feel like, Loosely. yeah, like if you're looking for an excuse, Jay bomb like you can like that, that works. I think there's enough gray area there where you can give us a field yeah. pass. Um, yeah, I think you, you, there's a lot of good points you made there, Matt. That was a heck, you, that was a well-prepared segment on tailgate ability. Yeah, I did prepare a little bit on the, on the tailgate ability. That's fair. I got 29.3. Oh, you bastard. <laughs> um, I'll tell you, I can't wait to get up there. It's been a long time coming since, since we've been there, especially since we've been there for a meaningful football game. It's going to be uh, sort of, especially if it's raining, night game, maybe reminiscent of like a USC. Not that I'm not saying the that opposite, empty state. Though. It's the opposite, though, of the rain at the tailgate to the dry game. Uh, Matt, your weather app sucks and it's never accurate. So I'm not putting a lot of stock into that. Um, but I'll tell you, conference implications this late in the year. Uh, it's been a while since we've had that, probably actually since Clemson game day uh, a couple mm-hmm. of years back. So as big of a game as that, certainly more winnable than that game. And, um, yeah, this will set the tone for the rest of the season. So uh, bring your A game, and there's no excuse, to your point, Matt, absolutely zero excuse not to be there in the seats by 7.15 latest. Get there for kickoff. Get your seat. Get, you know, front row, whatever, and uh, just make it happen. All right, with that, Matt, my final score prediction. I know we went a little bit out of order here. I got 27-24 Boston College. I like it. 
I smell a, a classic BC primetime game. Again, like I said, feels a little bit like Miami and, and Florida State, but I, I feel like if you were to go through the archives, there's a lot of these. This team is hungry to break the you know whole no top 25 wins since USC streak. I'll be honest, I don't see this one you know particularly close. Our defense, I really trust to keep them out of the end zone. Denny is, is going to have his breakout Heisman game. The run game is going to get back on track. Alumni is loud from start to finish. I'm going BC 32, NC State 13. Wow. And Maybe a, that's and a, a touchdown and two field goals. Yeah, it's a route. It's comfortable all night. Well, listen, I like it. And, and to me, it comes down to, you know, same thing as Missouri. You know, that's the, that's the game plan. Dominate up front, get the run game cooking, and we get out of there with an easy W. That's all it is. I'm with you there, man. Well, it's not a Saturday, folks. This is going to be fun. If you're, uh, if you're heading to the game, and I hope all you guys are, uh, let us know. Either hit, hit us up in the DMs. Otherwise, find us on Brighton um, or on Shea, actually. I'll be on Shea. For or the, the most mods. Part. It's going to be all of it. We're going to be all over. We'll be in every lot. But let us and know. We have if you're like there. about 100 koozies to give out. Yeah. And you know what we should do, Matt? And we should talk about this. I think we should set up like a charitable thing where like you can donate five bucks to a, a good cause like the Freddy's Foundation or, or something. We'll, we'll figure that out. And uh, I don't know. Because I don't know. We could. I don't, I don't want to recoup my funds necessarily but i think it'd be nice to have you know people donate to a good, a good cost we'll see if we can figure that out in time so uh so stay tuned it's a logistical that. nightmare man the post office these days those shipping delays the post office it's just on. all online these days i think matt you can't you can't email a koozie no i know well i think we're probably gonna run out on saturday i would think yeah we are yeah so yeah we, i mean that's my goal i'm going up with them in a bag if you see me on the amtrak I'll be the guy in the BC polo. I'll have some on. You know there. what's gonna be funny is cause cause Denny, because people are idiots and they've been hating on Denny. People are gonna like not want the Denny ones. And I'll tell you, if you don't want a Denny koozie, then you don't get a Bud Light koozie. That's gonna be my Correct. rule. Yeah, I agree. So I totally agree. I think that's fair. Um, all right, anyways. Thanks again for listening. I cannot wait for Saturday night. Again, looking forward to seeing a ton of you on the heights. Matt, 15 and 0 might be dead, but the ACC is still ours for the taking, and you cannot go 13 and 1 without five and one. Get in, folks. I'm coming home, I'm coming home. Boston's on, you know I'm coming home. I'm off the road, all these flights I've flown. Every city in the world, all across the globe. So please don't miss me when I'm out. I'll be back for you, no, it won't be too long. So there's nothing wrong, there's nothing wrong. Put your hands up, cause I'm coming home.